Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, which is, I think it's overwhelming in my view. The president has talked about the importance of an independent judiciary. Why is it appropriate for him to weigh in on the verdict, even though the jury is I, I wouldn't think, I don't think he would see it as weighing in on the verdict. He was conveying uh, what many people are feeling across the country. The trampling of indigenous rights is a cause of climate change. The, the trampling of racial justice is a cause of climate change. The thing about overcoming my addictions, my, my drug addictions, was because I don't have to, I can walk away from that and never touch it again for the rest of my life. Like, I don't ever have to do that, but I have to eat three times a day. This is something that will live, that will be with me for the rest of my life. I left that yogurt store and didn't get the yogurt that I wanted. And then I had a hard time the rest of the weekend. I don't know if we're going to have time to get to the great yogurt scandal of 2021 because any moment now, the jury is going to be filing in in the George Floyd case in Minneapolis, and uh, we're supposed to get the verdict at any, any time. You're listening now. You know the verdict already. We've There's no right time for us to do this show today, so this is the wrong time we've picked. This is the best <laughs> wrong time that we could think of. So uh, things happening, certainly today, the big news this week, yesterday, was that Maxine Waters had spouted off about this case and done what I what I certainly thought was my best guess, guess at what jury tampering or intimidation was, and was really, uh, was really irresponsible, telling people essentially to get out there and, uh, and essentially threatening, implicitly threatening, that uh, hell's going to break loose in the streets unless we get everything we want. We're looking for a guilty verdict. We're looking for a guilty verdict, and we're looking to see if all of the talk that took place and has been taking place after they saw what happened to George Floyd, if nothing does not happen, then we know uh, that we've got to not only stay in the street, but we've got to fight for justice. But I am very hopeful, and I hope uh, that we're going to get a verdict that is say guilty, guilty, guilty. And if we don't, we got, we cannot go away. And not just manslaughter, right? I mean... Oh, no, not manslaughter. No, no, no. This is, this is guilty for murder. I don't know whether it's in the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree. What should protesters do? Well, we, we got to stay on the street. Uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they they know that we need this. And it looks like the jury got the message because it only took a few hours today for them to come to their uh, verdict. And, um, it, of course, even though they were sequestered today, uh, President uh, uh, Jim Eagle, uh, horses arse, couldn't keep himself from from weighing in. I actually had to put a Substack out today, a post saying that this guy needs to tell people not to riot right now, right now, right now, mm -hmm. and right now. He st sidestepped 
that uh, that option and went right to uh, cheerleading on the side of George Floyd. I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, which is, I think it's overwhelming in my view. I wouldn't say that unless the, the jury was sequestered now. Not hear me say that. Sequestered, by the way, doesn't mean that their phones are taken away and they have no access to the news. It just means the judge tells them, don't pay attention to anything else that's going on. Like, right. They're, they're this- in a hotel. They're not like locked in prison with no access to information. If big news happens, they know about yeah, it. The president just talked about your case. Could be something that might permeate. If anything would, I would think certainly. Do you think none of those people's like husbands or wives has texted them to say, by the way, just bear in mind as you're making your mm-hmm. decision that our house is going to be covered with pig's blood and have Molotov cocktails thrown <laughs> at it if you pick the wrong choice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, honey, but when you come back from the um, the trial, you may uh, want to go to Miltel 6 because we've moved out. And, <laughs> um, uh, one of the tweets I saw said was somebody in Minneapolis saying that uh, the traffic leaving the city looks like there's a you know, a blizzard coming into the city. That is. And there is, I think, unfortunately. <sighs> uh, so that was Biden piled on today. His press secretary, the it's so transparent, Jen Psaki, just did her best to spin it, to pretend it didn't happen, to gaslight mm-hmm. you and me. Uh, the judge overseeing the case was pretty, pretty harsh language yesterday, sort of asked politicians to not weigh in uh, on uh, the matter. Uh, is there concerns now that this, the president's comments, could be grounds for an appeal or even causing a mistrial? Well, I, I wouldn't. I think those were comments the judge made yesterday. Again, the jury is sequestered, um, which the president also noted in his comments. Uh, he certainly is not looking to influence, uh, but he has been touched by the impact on the family. Hence, he called the family yesterday and had that discussion. And again, I expect he will weigh in further once there is a verdict. Go ahead, Kristen. Thank you, Jen. Just to follow mm-hmm. up, the president has talked about the importance of an independent judiciary. Why is it appropriate for him to weigh in on the verdict, even though the jury is I, I wouldn't think, I don't think he would see it as weighing in on the verdict. He would- oh, you wouldn't see it as that, so it's fine. Mm. He doesn't see it as, as weighing in. I think that the, the it's overwhelmingly convincing, Biden says. This is not weighing in on the verdict. I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, which is, I think it's overwhelming in my view. I wouldn't say that unless the, the jury was sequestered now. Not hear me say that. Yesterday you said the White House did not want to get ahead of the jury's deliberations, but of course the jury is still deliberating. So what changed? Well, the jury is now sequestered, which is a significant change, and certainly we want to allow them uh, the space and time to uh, consider and uh, make a decision about what they believe the verdict should be. Does the president still feel that he can come out after the verdict and, regardless of what it is, tell people to accept it, given he's weighed in on what he thinks the verdict should be? Well, again, I think anybody who's been watching the president, and you guys are probably tired of me saying that his position is that uh, he believes there should be space for peaceful protest. He's been consistent in that. That will be his point of view, regardless of the outcome. That is what we've been communicating publicly, but also locally to uh, mayors, to governors, uh, to local law enforcement, as we're communicating in preparation. So uh, that's consistently been his view, and uh, he'll continue to advocate that regardless of the outcome. And so what made him want to weigh in today on this? 
this before the verdict has come down? Well, I think he was asked a question, if I, if I, if I followed it closely. Um, it was my question, was, but I asked him what his message was, was for the Floyd family, not what, his, what he thought the verdict should be. Well, I think, Caitlin, you know, he obviously has been following this trial quite closely, as many Americans have been. Um, he has been, uh, was obviously impacted by his conversation with the Floyd By the way, the guy, idiot from Vice, Aaron Rupar, called mm -hmm. that a gotcha question. Gotcha question. Yeah. Well, it, it, remarkable that very fair fundamental questions are asked of mm -hmm. this Democratic president. In, it's a gotcha question. And he also repeated uh, Jen Psaki and Biden's claim that it doesn't matter because the jury's sequestered, as though the jury being sequestered means they're locked in a bunker somewhere and absolutely can't hear any, about anything the president of the United States says that's all over the news then. Floyd family yesterday as somebody who has lived through loss and trauma himself uh, and he certainly uh, uh, has his mind uh. you get it you see everybody I'm with the Floyd family I'm mm -hmm. with the Floyd family the overwhelming the evidence is overwhelming says uh, Biden mm -hmm. oh, um Sorry about that. I'm, yeah. I'm having a so I was reading through the jury instructions today, trying to understand the difference between all the different charges that they're uh, supposed to be considering right now. So they can, and these don't um, eliminate each other. The jury can, there's three separate charges and the jury can find guilty or not guilty on all of them, some of them, none of them, whichever, you know, any combination. He could get all three of them. But, um, Basically, the three are none of them requires premeditation. He's not charged with any murder charge that requires premeditation. So um, the ones that he has, there's murder in the second degree while committing a felony. So that can be unintentional murder. But he had to be intentionally committing a felony, which in this case is felony assault um, on George Floyd. So he had to be intentionally assaulting George Floyd. He didn't have to be intentionally trying to kill him. And um, the assault means the intentional infliction of bodily harm on another person. Okay. So if the jury finds that he was intentionally inflicting bodily harm on George Floyd that resulted in his death, then, um, then that is the second degree murder, the second degree unintentional murder. Charge. Okay, and that one is problematic. I'm, I'm from what I'm gleaning, or mm -hmm. could be, because he was using a prescribed. Right. So, and that's actually true of all of these charges. All of these charges come with the caveat that if he was doing something that was what a reasonable police officer would do in that circumstance, then no crime was committed. So that's the problem for the prosecution here is that if the defense is able to show that this was that there's a reasonable doubt that this could have been the action of a reasonable police officer. Um, you know, if they if they have any reasonable doubts that this mm -hmm. was some kind of unreasonable out of the ordinary action, then that throws the whole thing away for any of the three charges. Right. So but that second degree manslaughter seems to be second degree manslaughter the, is possible too. So that that first that's the one, biggest layup I've heard. The first one. Is I'm going from in order from most serious to least serious. So the second degree murder while committing a felony assault, that's one. Um, the second most serious one is third degree murder. So that's causing the death of someone by perpetrating an act that is eminently dangerous to others and evincing a depraved mind without regard for human life. Again, no, not required to 
have intent to cause the death of a person. You just have to have done an intentional act that was eminently dangerous and to have had a depraved mind while you did it. What Reckless. does a depraved mind mean, though? Um, so the depraved mind thing uh, means you had a conscious indifference to the loss of life that your eminently dangerous act could cause. So that's where it's a little fuzzy because really the only big difference between that and the second degree manslaughter is is that is the depraved mind thing because the second degree manslaughter sounds a lot like it um which is that he caused the death of George Floyd by culpable negligence where you created an unreasonable risk and consciously took a chance of causing death or great bodily harm culpable negligence is intentional conduct that the defendant may not have intended to be harmful but that an ordinary and reasonably prudent person would recognize as involving a strong probability of injury to others so that's he did a, something culpably negligent that he did something on purpose that a reasonable person realized could have harmed someone. So if they think that he thought having his knee on George Floyd's neck reasonably could have harmed him, then then that's the second degree manslaughter. Whereas the other one, the third degree murder is um, that the knee on the neck was an intentional act that was eminently dangerous Um done with a conscious indifference to the loss of life that could happen. So, and that's something, I mean, that's not like a huge barrier in my mind either. Like they use that to charge drug dealers, I guess, would they sell drugs and somebody overdoses because they do something that's like intentionally so dangerous. Even if they didn't mean to kill the person, they were doing something that just showed such reckless disregard for human life, selling these drugs that are easy to OD on that, you know, that they can be held accountable for the death. So, but again, the jury could also have looked at this and said a reasonable police officer could could have done this. They had experts saying that. It really, in my mind, it really could go either way. The only one I don't think it is is a hung jury because there hasn't right. been enough time. But, I mean, I think he could be found guilty of some. I, I know that that's a stupid answer. Like, he's either guilty or not guilty, you know? But it could be some of them. It could be none of them. It could be all of them. I, I don't know where they are mentally. Right. So. And then the other the other story is, of course, that now could this whole thing be appealed successfully mm-hmm. uh, because of these politicians, among other things. There's right. no change in venue. And the way witnesses were introduced as well. And they weren't sequestered who, who were until just, now. Who were just... Who were just uh, who were just there for the experience, right? weren't sequestered to not until now, uh, like the uh, like the uh, MMA guy, and there was another mm-hmm. person who were like weren't expert witnesses. They just kind of were emotional witnesses, right? And uh, I've what I've gleaned from legal experts is that's a little bit uh, out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the thing the thing with the politician statements, I guess my understanding based on what I've read from legal Twitter is that they would have to show that the juror that at least one juror was aware of one of those politicians' mm-hmm. statements, and that it influenced them. So he's another moronic, idiot, uh, idiotic, uh, impotent mm-hmm. man and politician, Jacob Fry of Minneapolis, who's not a man at all, really, who is just this um, this uh, spineless uh, worm who is so fooled and impressed by social justice that he is, um, he is the facilitator of death and destruction in those communities he's supposed to care so much about. As we await the verdict, there are several inescapable truths. Over this last year, our Twin Cities have experienced a barrage of trauma, all culminating with this trial and then the verdict. 
There's been pain and anguish, anger and frustration that is undoubtedly acutely felt by our black and brown communities. Regardless of the outcome of this trial, regardless of the decision made by the jury, there is one true reality, which is that George Floyd was killed at the hands of police. So burn it all down, baby. Burn the rest of the uh, black and brown communities down just to show what an injustice that was. And I'll be out there with you, even though you throw water bottles at me and chide me. Ridiculous malpractice happening here by these politicians. It's just disgusting. They are uh, not surprisingly around the courthouse. Of course, it is filled with uh, with uh, protesters, um, which, you know, so far is just fine. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what that means. I mean, I don't. At this point, I don't know if it's going to matter what the verdict is. Uh, the Portland mayor, Ted Wheeler, has declared a state of emergency for his city now because they're getting intelligence that Antifa is planning to uh, cause violence and destruction no matter right. what happens, which makes it any other uh, Tuesday in Portland, basically, because Portland's a wreck. But Yes, it's it's been seeded over. There are attacks on federal facilities and federal uh, daily. personnel daily. Yes. Well, let me really quickly he, uh, just uh, play mm-hmm. this little chunk of this is Dershowitz and his podcast responding to Maxine Waters yesterday. So today, Congresswoman Maxine Waters essentially threatened and attempted to intimidate the jury in the Derek Chauvin case. She basically sent a message that if you don't convict Officer Chauvin, of murder if you acquit or have a hung jury or convict him merely of manslaughter we will take to the streets which clearly conveys a message an intended message that plainly if jurors vote to convict there will be consequences for their neighborhood for Mm -hmm. their businesses for their family for their schools that's not the kind of atmosphere in which juries are supposed to uh, deliberate Juries should not have a thumb, or in this case, an elbow, uh, of the threat of violence on the scales of justice. They should be free to render decisions regardless of the consequences. Uh, What's going on outside of the courtroom should not come into the courtroom. The judge made a serious, serious mistake in this case by not sequestering the jury from the very beginning. And so jurors were home and could hear what Maxine Waters was urging the crowd to do, stay on the street, be more confrontational. Those are code words, clearly. And the jurors heard that. Uh, Yes, the judge said, don't listen to the news, but that doesn't mean don't go online, don't listen to your family members. Obviously, everybody in Minneapolis is on edge and worried. The president of the United States has spoken to mayors and, and governors about violence anticipated In the event of less than a murder verdict in the case, that's not the way our criminal justice system is supposed to uh, operate. The judge was furious. He made it clear that although he didn't have the courage to grant a mistrial, because if he granted a mistrial, there'd be violence and they'd blame it on him rather than on Congresswoman Waters, who deserved to be blamed for it. He did say that this could be an issue on appeal that would throw out the entire conviction. I think this will be an issue on appeal. This is a tactic done by Congresswoman Waters, which replicates tactics used by the Ku Klux Klan in the 1920s and 30s. They would stand outside of courtrooms and intimidate the jurors, threaten that if they acquitted a black man or convicted a white man, there would be consequences. Today we're seeing uh, 
the mirror image of that in Congresswoman Waters attempts to intimidate uh, the jury. So that is the Dirt Show podcast. You can get that on Apple Podcasts. And I mean, we're not lawyers, but it would seem to me that that was way the hell out of line. The threat is even what Biden said. It, it is disheartening to think that there is nobody, nobody there without not one part a person in government right now, at least for the on the Democratic side, uh, who is not polluted mm-hmm. by this movement by either the um, the profiteering of it, the opportunity that they see in it, uh, the power grab, the actual. Uh, you know, a woke brainwashing itself, mm-hmm. or, or or simply uh, is is isn't intimidated so much by this movement that they're going that they're not going to give in. Everybody's been compromised on that side of the aisle. Right. It's it's effed up. Right. It's you know there's there, like you said, it's a couple things happening. There are the true believers who metaphysically believe in this, you know, critical theory stuff. That this that these like power and privilege things are infecting our society and causing all these effects that aren't consciously intended by people in society. And then, you know, and then there are people that just I mean, politicians are fundamentally survivors and they want to do the thing that's going to keep them in the game. So they are absolutely craven and will go along with almost anything if they feel that it's the thing they're supposed to go along with right now. You know, and you you see that with somebody like Joe Biden. Joe Biden wasn't woke 30 years ago. He doesn't believe any of this stuff, right? I mean, Joe Biden is not... In 1990, he didn't care about uh, racial bias and policing. This was not a thing that he made a big issue of certainly not on the side we see him on now but now he's this is what you got to do if you want to get elected president then you have to meet with the george floyd family and pretend that you think this stuff like but i mean there are certainly people around him i think who are true believers in the critical race stuff i don't think kamala really believes it either but kamala is even more you know uh a principled than than he is i think you know she just wants to get ahead in in her political life i don't think she really cares much about the the underlying issues but you know this is what it is now and this it's gonna keep affecting every aspect of our lives maybe we'll talk later did you um had you gotten the audio from the the private school in new york I did. <laughs> um, but yeah. It, yes, that is a good, that is a related more, note. I'm sorry, I'm just yeah, saying no, no, a that's tweet. okay. That's okay, because it it feeds into this. Like, a lot of the people who are driving this stuff don't really believe it, but this is like an emperor's new clothes thing. Everybody feels like they have to go along with it if the only voices that they're hearing talking about it are saying that this is what you have to do, this is justice, this is the new civil rights movement, you're going to be on the wrong side of history. If that's the only voices that they hear, then that's what they're going to react to because they just want to survive like anybody else. And that's what you'll see if we get a chance to get to this uh, New York private school where they fired a math teacher and uh, and the head of the school had been telling him in conversations which the math teacher recorded that he didn't actually believe this stuff and he thought they were damaging kids with the wokeness stuff and uh and but it is they, remarkable but they were just audio. going along with it, it. Is remarkable audio but kind of good to hear too yeah to know that other people are just occupied 
We're right. occupied by this craziness, so they can't speak the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, breaking news in Boston. Charlie Baker, Massachusetts, ready to support city and towns in case of demonstrations. Huh. Moments before the jury announced it had reached a verdict in a trial against former Derek Chauvin, mm-hmm. Baker said the state was ready to support cities and towns. He said, now remember last year, this is a guy who was fine with the MBTA saying cops couldn't take the T to demonstrations for, for transportation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it totally threw the police under the, the bus. Ha- we've had lots of conversations over the course of the past several days with our colleagues about this, Baker said, speaking in Ashburton Park outside the state house. We'll continue to monitor the channels. Oh, whatever. Massachusetts had one bad day all the way through the activity last summer. Literally tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people demonstrated here in Massachusetts, he said. Uh, a day of peaceful protests, May 31, where protesters demanded justice for Floyd's death and that of others at the hands of police, turned into a night of violence with riots, looting, and vandalism. National Guard was called in during the early morning hours of June 1 to shut down protesters. Boston's new mayor, the city's first woman and first black person to lead the majority-minority city. Thanks mm-hmm. for that. That's important to know. On Tuesday, this is the Herald. On Tuesday, said she was uh, working with uh, law enforcement in preparation for possible demonstrations. She said it's important that we recognize that this is the tra- traumatizing for many of us that have seen this over and over and over again. Janie said, uh, noting she was also working to help to deploy the city's trauma team. <laughs> what does the trauma team do exactly? Any details? Oh my goodness! What do they just? comfort people give them hugs do they bring out the comfort animals what does the trauma team do i don't know i don't know i mean and and then we've been listening uh, the legal takes no matter what happens here are gonna just be out of control we've already been getting told for days here first of all the fact that he didn't testify we were told by tons of twitter legal experts that uh, the fact that he didn't testify in his own defense meant he was guilty. So, which is obviously, it's a major part of the jury instructions that they're not allowed to conclude that he's guilty from that because that's part of getting a fair trial is that you do not have to take the stand in your own defense. It's part of the Constitution. And uh, he didn't have to do that. It's very, very common that people don't testify on their own behalf because then they end up getting cross-examined by the other side. And defense attorneys generally don't like their clients to take the stand is my understanding anyway all the oh here we go the judge is back here here. we go the judge is back in the room there may be a lot of this uh we're just kind of Um, waiting for but yeah and then and then when we had the closing arguments everybody was saying how it was so crazy all right for the jury for the jury here we go jerry's back there are billions of people paying attention to this right now Mm -hmm. across the globe I mean, I don't think it, this is certainly bigger than the OJ decision. Members of the jury, I understand you have a verdict. Here we go. Well, he's reading the verdict. If it's in an envelope that he's got. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he'll just look and give it back. I don't know. Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota, County of Hennepin, District Court, 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1, Court File Number 27, CR 201246. 
We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count one, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Signed, juror four-person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count two, third-degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Signed by jury four-person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count three, second-degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Jury four-person, 019. Members of the jury, I'm now going to ask you individually if these are your true and correct verdicts. Please respond yes or no. Juror number two, are these your true and correct verdicts? Hell yes, yeah. yes, sir. Juror number nine, are I don't these want your any true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 19, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 27, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 44, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Tell Maxine Waters not to have me killed. True and correct verdicts. Yes. Juror number 55, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Let the president know we did the right Juror thing. Juror number 79, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 85, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 89, is this your, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 91, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 92, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Yes, really yes. A little bit more yes than everybody else, just off. for the record. Yes. 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 Members of the jury, I find that uh, the verdicts as read reflect the will of the jury and will be filed accordingly. I have to thank you on behalf of the people of the state of Minnesota for not only jury service, but heavy-duty jury service. What I'm going to ask you to do now is to follow the deputy back into your usual room, and I will join you in a few minutes to answer questions and to advise you further. So, all rise for the jury. Thanks for coming. You've lived to see another day. <laughs> so, uh. so, yeah, they ran the table with that. And I think it was, uh, I mean, I think what we kind of thought it would be that, uh, mm-hmm. at least with, with them, with this being so quick. Right. And, I mean, it's the biggest trial, certainly, of this century right. in the it? world. There are riots. With the it, guilty verdicts returned, we're going to have... Uh, a musical Blakely, interlude. you may file a... Uh, written argument as to Blakely factors within one week. The court will issue findings on the Blakely factors, the factual findings, one week after that. We'll order a PSI immediately, returnable in four weeks. And we will also have a briefing on, after you get the PSI, six weeks from now, and then eight weeks from now, we will have sentencing. We'll get you the exact dates uh, in a scheduling order. Is there a motion on behalf of the state? Your Honor, the state would move to have the court uh, revoke the defendant's bail and remand him into custody uh, pending sentencing. Bail is revoked, bond is discharged, and the defendant is remanded to the custody of the Hennepin County Sheriff. Dang. Anything further? Bad times, DC. Thank you. Thank you. Going away. So there you go. Chauvin is sent up. He's there cuffing him right now. Mm-hmm. He's going to be sent up the river. Certainly they can appeal. And um, and they will. And yeah, and they will. Sentencing will happen, and there's going to be back and forth about that. Um, the state wants 
more uh, longer sentences than would normally be for those charges because they feel it's so egregious. So right. they're going to try and argue for that as well. So they, there's more drama yet to come. Plenty more opportunities so, for peaceful so, protesting. So right now, so right now, the first thing is, um, what is going mm-hmm. to be the the fallout right now? Of course, today and tonight. I don't see how you contain people from getting out in the streets and mm-hmm. rocking. I think that you've been giving implicit, you've been given implicit permission, right. um, almost explicit permission from municipal leaders uh, all the way up to the president of the United States mm-hmm. to have reason to want to act out and uh, go a little nuts. And if you think that uh, Jacob Fry, the uh, one of the top five sissiest people I've ever experienced, if you have any reason to believe that he's going to say, hey, you can't uh, loot and light stuff on fire today, no way. No, this is the their moment, their time in the sun. They got what they wanted, so now they get to have more of what they wanted, which is burning down Target and... Footlocker and everywhere else, right? There's no reason not to. Yeah, there just isn't. If you didn't have a moral firewall before stopping you, why would you now? Mm-hmm. This shows, this proves right now what the Democrats have been saying. That uh, this proves that police are hunting down black people. Mm-hmm. This is the normal. This is the quintessential case of that we've seen. Thank God there were cameras. The Democrats say this happens many more times without cameras. They say right, and because the person's black, not because it was a an angry cop who got carried away. Uh, right, right. So uh, you know maybe it won't happen, but I don't. There last year was too advantageous for too many people. Mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter people are real estate tycoons now. There's people who won elections based on this stuff. Mm-hmm. There's um, all sorts of folks uh, shaking down uh, groups for this. The The media loves the chaos and carnage. They they do well showing this stuff. It's a not, it's a it's a it's a perfect political talking point against your political opponents because you, as you heard uh, Maxine Waters say yesterday, it Republicans the racists. Don't want to do a bill on police reform. Right. And the same thing. They're, they're, the Democrats are hoping that if they go all in on the Republicans are bringing back, literally bringing back Jim Crow, that um, that uh, they can win in or at least try to do some damage control in the midterms and certainly win in on the state and local levels. Mm-hmm. And because why wouldn't they? You've got the vote entire voting blocks in in these uh, in states now. Who are scared to death and their vote is simply a virtue signal. That's right. it. And they live to virtue signal. That's all they have left now. Right. Everybody just does what they're told on all this stuff. Look at the Georgia law, the Jim Eagle Georgia law. Mm-hmm. Is that The facts about the law don't matter. It doesn't matter that it actually expands voter access. It doesn't matter that some civil rights leaders um, came up with parts of that law that have been put into effect. There were things that, you know, Stacey Abrams wanted to happen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, now we have... You know, the all-star game, Stacey Abrams pushed the all-star game out. All these companies, the woke capital companies are meeting and talking about how they can pressure states to be how they want them to be. You know, and now we have, I guess, Home Depot isn't woke enough, even though one of their founders, Arthur Blank, was at the woke capital thing. It doesn't matter. They're located in Georgia and they have not 
uh, spoken out explicitly mm-hmm. enough against the Georgia law. So now they're trying to organize boycotts against Home Depot just for saying, you know, we believe in the right to vote and uh, we're not going to comment on the law. We're just going to keep selling lumber and <laughs> and like home improvement supplies. Please don't hurt us. Uh, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. They're trying to organize a boycott of Home Depot for not uh, trying to use their power to influence what the state government does with their voting laws. Right. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what they're doing. They, they want total acquiescence from everybody in every aspect of society. You can't run a business. You can't have a job. You can't go about your day-to-day business. They just got another cop fired um, who donated to the Kyle Rittenhouse yep. fund who... They, his information got hacked and they found out he donated to Kyle Rittenhouse's legal defense and now he's fired. He's out of a job. Remember, Kyle Rittenhouse is a a teenage white kid who shot and killed a white guy. Mm -hmm. He shouldn't belong to anybody on any side of this, but no, he is is somehow a symbol of this, uh, you know, great racial uh, whatever we're doing here. He's a symbol. Right. You know, Trayvon Martin was not killed by a cop, but he's also a symbol. Mm-hmm. All of these, I mean, these, they're just simply, um, you know, rolling in these other events to be uh, mm-hmm. symbols and triggers to the movement. And it's, you're right, it, it's not going to stop. You know, let, why don't we... They want total compliance. They want every single person in society. You know, when Ron DeSantis signed that anti-riot bill, one of the things he, that he talked about is you're not allowed to start bothering other people who are just like eating in a restaurant nearby you can't bother them and make them do the fist in the air or whatever i'm watching a white person do the fist in the air right now as a matter of fact um but you can't oh, there's nothing but, more disgusting i'm but sorry yeah, you can't eat in a restaurant you can't have a job you can't run a company you can't do anything unless you're going to totally acquiesce to every single thing the left wants and it's not enough to say like oh yeah i believe that you know there is some racism in american history no i mean you hear them say it you hear ayanna presley say that you can't be anti-racist unless you support forgiving student loans so now it's they want total acquiescence on all of these things it's not just that it's the green new deal honey you can't be anti-racist unless you support the green new deal we had uh, aoc and uh, our very own ed markey today we're bringing forward the the green new deal again because all right i'm gonna play this house but i may have to start drinking if I'm <laughs> okay. here we go Cli- the climate crisis is a crisis born of injustice and it is a crisis born of the pursuit of of course it is. <laughs> Derek right, Chauvin everybody. caused global warming. Right. Uh, that's the whole thing. Okay, guys, remember, everything was born of racism. Okay? Get it? Get it? Get it? Okay, what about climate change? Yep. Well, I don't understand. Well, just build the bridge as to why it is. Come up with any happy horse bleep you can think of to make it so. Profit at any and all human and ecological cost. That's right. Which means <laughs> that we must recognize in legislation that... The trampling of indigenous rights is a cause of climate change. What? <laughs> so what did we do now? What, what happened now? We trampled indigenous rights and that caused climate change. Derek Chauvin. Oh, because oh, because they would have been a good buffer between yeah, North America used, and the Industrial Revolution. They used all the parts of the buffalo. Honey. The, the trampling of racial justice is a cause of climate change. <laughs> Derek Chauvin is a cause of climate change, honey. He's also infrastructure. All those things. Because we are allowing people 
And we are allowing ourselves to make sure, to, we are allowing folks to deny ourselves human rights and deny people the right to health care, the right to housing and education. Yeah. So if you're an anti-racist, if you think the kneeling on the neck was bad, then you have to now be for forgiving student loans, the Green New Deal, a universal health care. Um, what else? I don't even remember what else she mentioned. Oh, universal free housing. You have to be for all the things. Or you're not really an anti-racist because anti-racist because but racism. But they took a knee last year. It's on Instagram, wasn't Instagram? Isn't that all that Mm-mm. the people from Melrose and Wakefield Mm-mm. and Wellesley had to do? No, oh no, the expectations are higher than that now. Wait, you're saying guy, they have to put more work in? There's a guy in Cambridge who's donating his huge Victorian four-family house, <gasps> donating it to make uh, minorities homeowners with his house. Good for him. <laughs> but that's going to be the new thing. That's what we're supposed to do now. Hey, let me it's tell you something. To- let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. I'm all for that. <laughs> Keep doing it. Let's see. Let's test the Lily White Cambridgeites, uh, Cantabrigians, uh, uh-huh. and to see how thrilled they'll be uh, when the neighborhood be- becomes much more diverse. I'm all for it. Let's do it. Um, so what else do we have? Uh, you know what? Let's get to the George Davidson, Paul Rosini Rossi, Paul Rossi stuff. Mm-hmm. Else, can you set it up? Yeah. So basically, what happened here? There's this private school in New York called the um, Grace Church School. It costs fifty-seven thousand dollars a year to send your kid there. So this is not, um, you know, like underprivileged people or anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had they've been doing all the social justice stuff, and they had a a high school math teacher who on April 13th of this year wrote a piece for Barry Weiss's Substack, a guest post, in which he explained that this is doing harm to the students, that this is a new form of racism that's just calling itself anti-racism and it's hurting the students and they shouldn't be doing it. Um, And then on April 15th, two days later, he was told that even though he wasn't being punished uh, that he shouldn't come back to school anymore, that he was being told he no longer needed to teach his classes. They didn't need him. He was making the students feel unsafe, and right. he couldn't come back. Um, so then um, this past Sunday, April 18th, the head of the school... Um, George Davison. George Davison wrote a letter that said that his essay was full of inaccuracies and that he's no longer welcome in the buildings and et cetera, et cetera. And um, uh, the teacher, Paul Rossi, then responded saying, um, not only is my letter not full of inaccuracies, but you actually agreed with some of the things that I said in the letter to me privately um, in a private conversation uh, and said, agreed with me that these things were causing harm to the students and you're just not brave enough to say it publicly. And uh, George Davison said, absolutely not. He has misquoted me. This is not true. This did not happen. No, this is very crucial. Very <laughs> crucial. David Davison said, no, absolutely not. That's not true. That person is a liar. This is a guy with prestige, mm-hmm. atop a an institution. Remember, if it's happening there, it can happen anywhere. Right. He said uh, Paul Rossi misquoted him. Uh, unfortunately for George Davison, Paul Rossi recorded his conversation with him, and he did actually say all those things. So this first voice you're going to hear is is Paul Rossi. I think starts this off, and then you hear he then you hear George Davison. George is the principal of the, the head of the mm-hmm. school. Let me ask you something, George. 
because I think those are I think there's something very different about having a single experience where you make sense of it, right? And having a teacher, an authority figure, talk to you endlessly every year telling you that because you have whiteness, you are associated with evils, all these different evils. These are moral evils. It's not the same as taking like a physical thing because it doesn't affect your 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 moral value. That's the problem. The 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 fact is that I'm agreeing with you that there has been a demonization that we need to get our hands around in the way in which people are doing this understanding. Okay, so you agree that you, we're demonizing kids? We're demonizing um, kid. We're, we're demonizing white people for being born. <laughs> and, and are some of our That's students white people? Seven. What are some of our students white people? Yes. Okay, so we're demonizing white. We're demonizing white kids. Why don't you just say it? We are, I, we are using language that makes them feel less than um, for nothing that they are personally responsible for. Damning stuff. George Davison suffering from uh, Minneapolis uh, jury syndrome, I believe, which is why he can say that in private, but uh, he's trying to survive right now. Mm-hmm. But Paul Rossi was recording, and it gets worse. You, you can you you can have, and, and I'm happy to keep debating, and I don't actually have any doubt, because I've known you for nine years, of your sincerity in your belief. And I also um, have grave doubts about some of the doctrinaire stuff that gets spouted at us in the name of anti-racism. Like what? And, and, and <laughs> so I, I don't disagree entirely with some of your points of view. Can you elaborate? Uh, Paul, you're not recording me by any <laughs> chance, are you? No, 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 no. Because it would help me. It would help me understand, like, what's going on. I think that one of the things that's going on a little too much, and we've talked about this, is that um, the demonization of being white um, and, and the attempt to link anybody who's white to the perpetuation of white supremacy. Thank you. Thank you, George. So there is no question that there is an entire strain in here that um, causes that misinterpretation. Now, I am someone. Wait, 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 wait a minute. But what about impact over intent? Don't no, those no, kids I, get the I, benefit of impact over intent? Uh, no, no, they don't. And um, we'll not be discussing this again with you, Paul Rossi. You're sure you're not recording? Our, our attempt is going to be to get everybody centered again. All right. Um, I will tell you, I, I mean, that's a huge task because I will tell you that we are, if you if you try to do that, um, they're, they're already like the barn door is open and they're all in the barn. I mean, they're going to, they're going to, they're fighting a revolution that you, you don't even know. They're you know fighting. what he meant. And oh, Grace, I mean, they're going to hollow out Grace and they're going to move on to the next institution. That's what's going to happen. Like, I, I think that they've hollowed out a bunch of other ones ahead of us. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're just you're just a little stone in the path. This beautiful, wonderful institution that's educated so many children over so over almost a century is is over a century. So there it's you about go. It's all be over. So yes, I'm Goodbye. looking right now, George Davison, right now, and as of this moment, I believe he is technically employed. 
but uh, not for long. You do not say hateful, harmful things like that and expect to uh, stick around. So uh, that is what's happening right there. And then that's and that's such valuable mm-hmm. uh, audio. I assume that that will be struck stricken from social media very soon and everybody's mm-hmm. uh, account uh, torpedoed. But uh, there you go. It just shows the power of this. And it, the thing is, is that you can stand up to this. It's remarkable how we seem to have... I, I don't know what it is. It's like, is everybody being, being blackmailed? Is, <laughs> is there something going on? Is everybody yeah. uh, human trafficking women or something? And, and, and then they So they just cave to this stuff? It can't be... How? Why is it worth it? How? How is it worth it? I understand... I think if, it's people being blackmailed with social pressure, right? Is it, you know, our friends that get the text before the Black Lives Matter protest saying, you're going, right? And you know, right, so they I'll, know what that means. They know that that means that you're not going to come to our house and hang out anymore. That you're going to run out of friends in town, and that we're going to all pile on you if you ever dare to post anything on the community Facebook page and everything else. That's what it means. It it means that you're not going to have a community of people anymore. It's one reason why I think it's so important that conservatives do things not just. You know, like activisty things, although I think that that stuff is important. But even when the activist stuff isn't there, it's important that you have friends that feel like you do. You know, it's important that you have a community within a community of people that you can talk to so that you don't feel isolated and alone because that's how these people want to make you feel. They want to make you feel like if you don't go along with every crazy thing you come up with, you're not going to have people around you anymore. And that's, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's not as bad in places like Texas or Florida where there's more conservative people around, you know, but here in Massachusetts, and I bet in a lot of, you know, kind of suburban blue areas you know there there's a social pressure to feel like you have to go to the black lives matter protest you have to post about how jk rowling is terrible for what she said about trans people you have to make a statement you have to turn your profile square black you have to donate your house to people <laughs> you you know like there's there's a there's a weird social pressure that happens and leftists are very very good at using that to to make this stuff to seem important to make people put stuff like a Georgia voting law in between normal human society and normal human interactions. I promise you, the voting law in Georgia is not more important than your relationships with your friends and family. It's just not. But the left is using that because they're saying that this is worse than Jim Crow. It's Jim Eagle. It's the KKK. It's white supremacists. It's Hitler. And and saying that, you know, Trump being president or the Georgia voting law or whatever the thing is that we're on about this week, who's on the Supreme court, that it's more important than the everyday stuff that's happening in your real life. So it's important well, that you have people the, around the you. Good news is Don Lemon that. has tweeted out justice has been served. And oh God. So. I assume he would have felt that way if it could gone differently uh. as well. MSNBC's Jason Johnson, uh, on the air, uh, seconds ago. Uh, let's see. He should be very pleased with this. He was hoping this this would uh, happen. Um, well, I'll, I'll say this, Nicole. Like I said, I, I actually always thought that he would be found guilty because it's sort of a cultural makeup call. But I'm not happy. I'm not pleased. I don't have any sense of satisfaction. A cultural makeup call. Mm-hmm. Get it? I don't think this is a system working. I don't think this is a good thing. What this says to me is that in order to get a nominal degree of justice in this country, that a black man has to be murdered on air 
viewed by the entire world, there have to be a year's worth of protests and a phalanx of other white police officers to tell one white officer that he was wrong in order to get one scintilla of justice. That doesn't make me feel happy. That doesn't make me feel satisfied. It makes me worry about what's going to happen when these other officers are held on trial. It makes me upset all the more that we didn't have this for Breonna Taylor. It makes me concerned about what's going to happen in the trial for Ahmaud Arbery. So, no, I, I mean, this is not the system working. This is a makeup call. This is the justice system trying to say that, hey, this is one bad apple, because that's how this is going to be interpreted. It's going to be this one bad apple. He got in trouble. Yay. Blah, blah, blah. And yet there's still going to be young black men and women across this country being shot today, tomorrow and two weeks from now, because unless we have some not by cops, not mm -hmm. by cops. But this yeah, guy is an addict. This guy is an addict. Mm -hmm. He can't stop. There was a seven-year-old who was just killed in a McDonald's drive-thru in Chicago in gang violence. But that hasn't, you know, that we're not going to hear about. That isn't going to get protests and demonstrations. Nobody cares about that. It's unbelievable what we're doing in this country. And to make this thing a race issue when there is absolutely zero evidence whatsoever this thing is a race issue. There has been no, you know, text messages on earth of Derek Chauvin being racist. Maybe, maybe such a thing will happen. I don't know. But... But we um, we just we don't have evidence that the Derek Chauvin thing is proof of some systemic issue. Both you and I, when the Derek Chauvin video came out, thought it was a horrific thing to watch and disturbing. And, you know, and there there are a number of these cases where the facts have been um, very damning towards towards the way police officers handled themselves in in those cases that being said that it doesn't prove the systemic issue that you're saying is there unless unless there's actual evidence that this happens all the time which there's not you know just statistically speaking there's not the kind of evidence there and and the fact of the matter is that that there are underlying problems in urban communities that are causing these police interactions to happen and some of them can be adjusted by like you know not pulling people over for stupid stuff like broken taillights right which I, I would be perfectly fine with in my more libertarian leaning way like I don't care if we make it harder for cops to pull people over a cops I don't think enjoy these traffic stops either because they're very dangerous for them too um and you know, I'd like to reduce the number of negative police interactions that occur but you know some of this is that there are more murders being committed in these communities. There are more armed robberies being committed in these communities. There are more uh, assaults being committed in these communities. And, and these are crimes that you want to have police to step in and stop. So there's no answer besides solving the underlying problems mm -hmm. in the communities that are born out of utter lack of opportunity, um, broken families, you know, these things that have been driven by Democrat rule for decades and decades, d just destroying people's lives. Right. And there's everybody's stupid. The media's stupid. Mm -hmm. Experts are stupid. CNN's legal expert, Laura Coates, about an hour and a half ago before the decision came out, she felt that she had some inside knowledge of something mm. uh, brimming very, very pernicious. Start to close. That trust gap that's already there between our justice system and members of the community it expands exponentially because in their minds they say you're preparing me for an acquittal. You are t because they're boarding up buildings. Telling me mm -hmm. if it's boarded up, you anticipate my unrest, my wrath.
You anticipate the devolution of a protest into looting and other things. And so part of what you're seeing in terms of the unease you're speaking about, Van, is that Pavlovian reflex and response to say, what does this mean if you are calling out the National Guard? People believe, did you get a heads up? Governor, did you get a heads up, Mr. President? Did you give a heads up, Judge? Do you know something that we do not know? And finally, on the point that you raised, Don, I mean, excuse me, Van, about the difference between how people will compare and what negligence looks like, Minnesota has a very specific and recent memory of what second degree charges look like, second degree manslaughter, because Geronimo Hernandez, who killed Philando Castile, charged and acquitted with the second degree manslaughter charge. So when she said get a heads up, she said get a heads up. In other words, they were tipped off that he was going to be found not guilty. But these are the mm-hmm. takes of the smartest people in the world. Right. I mean, and I disagree with the verdict in the Philando Castile case. I don't necessarily disagree with all three of the verdicts in this one. I think probably the manslaughter one is justified, I, but... You know, I don't really know. I didn't watch all the expert testimony like the jury did, so I don't really know. But, um, but you know, certainly I think that the threats from elected officials uh, probably had an effect here, you know, and, and it's going to help him on appeal. Like I said, they're going to have to show that the jurors, that at least one juror was aware of this. But, um, but that may not be impossible. So because they weren't sequestered until they went into deliberations. And even then, you know, they had phones and stuff. They weren't like cut off from the world. So uh, I don't know. I don't. The media. So I'm thrilled that justice was served. This is a guy just walking in Minneapolis. You said you now realize your privilege that this the death of George Floyd helped you realize that. What- that is a reporter saying that to this guy. You said this now you helped you realize your privilege that's not a concept that you can take as a serious thing to build a question on in any real reporting world. What are you going to do with that realization? Where, where do you take that? I want to find out. I don't know. I actually Googled it today. What did you Google? What can a white person do to help out Black Lives Matter? What made you do that? What was in your heart that made you do that? Uh, just, just an open, an awareness to see that you know, institutionally and systematically, I've got benefits that other people don't. The number of guns have gone up. The number of gun crimes over the last 20 years have gone down. The number of uh, police Until this year, killings, probably. Right, right, until last year. The, the number of police killings uh, have decreased over the decades and have been level for the past handful of years. Mm-hmm. There is not, there is no reason to believe that race is involved in the George Floyd murder at all. Ten years ago, if you said this was a racial killing based on race with no proof, then you would have been laughed out of the room. Now it's commonplace to say that, well, what you see isn't what's really happening. There are forces behind the scenes and systemically da 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 So this is crazy. This, I'm sorry to tell you, this is not – in a, now, of course, this has been the worst year for blacks since his killing. Absolutely. In the mm-hmm. past 35 years probably. And it's only going to get worse in those communities. But this is all – this movement, total movement, is based on a fraud, on a canard. Mm-hmm. This is this stuff is not true. And this idiot walking – white guy walking who wants to walk around and feel and, – and ask what he can do and feel good, he's part of the problem because he's being intellectually lazy and getting into the – you know, in, taking an easy route to just assuage his little guilty conscience, uh, <laughs> you know, without doing any of the work, as I like to say. I don't have. 
Thank you very much. Thank you for coming over. I really appreciate your time. And I think, you know, that really captures the variety of opinions. I'll tell you on this side, you have people starting to go forward. You see a big media presence. And I think that's something that uh, we have to underscore the fact that so many people have come here, not just American reporters, uh, people from really. Yes, it's a big story. We understand this. Uh... Mm-hmm. So that is um, that is uh, where we are with that stuff right now. Do we want to hit any froyo before we go? And no, on a lighter let's, note, let's we'll do it save tomorrow. Our froyo for yeah, tomorrow. that'll that'll stand up. We'll hit froyo tomorrow. Um, until then, we'll see what happens tonight and tomorrow. So for us, it's Tuesday night. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. on WTIC in in, in, in uh, Hartford tomorrow, Connecticut. So check it out. Um, and let's see if there's anything else we should throw in there. So we'll know um, what happens tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, people predict, predicting Van Jones will be in tears at any moment now. Yeah, I could see that that could be right as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say uh, as uh, as well. Once again, underscore what Alice said in this particular case. Uh, I thought that Chauvin acted uh, horribly, and mm-hmm. not being an expert, but it seemed to me that he st- stood on that guy. He knelt on that guy. Well, that guy faded into the darkness, and it was uh, horrific, and shouldn't have happened, and it was not uh, was no good. Mm-hmm. I am not going to canonize uh, George Floyd, um, right. you know, and there were life decisions that put George Floyd in a position where a, a convergence of events mm-hmm. ended his life. Yeah, there are definitely multiple factors happening there that caused him to die in that situation. I do think the knee on the neck was uh, probably part of it. And I think that that it was a little past the point. I mean, when the person's not moving and lifeless under you, you can right. probably stop with the knee on the neck at that right. point. But, uh, uh, but, but I, you know, I, I don't know that race was a factor at all. No, the fact that he was high as a kite was a factor. That It seems like that it compelled him to resist arrest. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, Don Lemon can say, in, or in the in the mayor of Brooklyn Center can say, as he said, that uh, m- that Minnesota is no longer safe for black motorists. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Almost perfectly safe, except if you resist arrest and tr- get in a, a physical combat with the officer. Nobody right. mentions that. Maybe you don't resist arrest. I'm sorry about that, but George Floyd had not resisted arrest and had been booked and brought into the precinct. He'd be out now, right? You know, and uh, none of the stuff would happen. And and I'm sorry if if uh, if um, Dante Wright had not resisted arrest, neither the taser nor the pistol would have been taken out. Right, exactly. You know, so who are we kidding here? Everybody knows this stuff here. Mm-hmm. There was just a white. You just talked about it. It was just a white guy shot a couple of days ago. Who mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter thought was like, oh, should we get involved? Oh, no, sorry. Because he was yeah. shot and killed by cops. And the Oregonian wrote the story. They were like, a man has been shot and killed by cops. By the way, it was a white man that the cops shot and killed just in case because we don't want there to be any unrest. You know? Right. <laughs> and so like now there's. It's ridiculous. Yes. Mean- oh, that was incredible. And now also there was a, a shooting at a stop and shop in, in um, Long Island, New York today. Mm-hmm. The suspect in that uh, shooting was a black man. Now, I'm not saying that that matters a damn bit because who cares what the suspect looked like in that shooting? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the, victim, the victims were. It's terrible loss of humanity. But the point is that the people who you trust and pay 
indirectly mm-hmm. and directly to give you information about that are not going to give you the information about that because they can't be trusted. These institutions cannot be trusted. We've got to stick together and uh, and vet the stuff ourselves. Uh, you know, it's there. There, I, mm-hmm. I I listen to a bunch of podcasts and read a bunch of stuff through the day. So does Alice, much more than I do. And you know, I take my news a la carte. I do watch some CNN, some MSNBC, some Fox, some here and there. And you start to build the muscle to be able to glean what's horse bleep and what is not. A lot of times now, you can just the more you can, the moment you can see the uh, theatrics put on by certain predictable news agencies, <laughs> the more you know, oh, okay, I see. What they're saying happened just didn't happen, obviously. And then that happens to be true eventually. All right, so there we are. Uh, that is, uh, that's where we are, actually. So, um, yeah, well, this is an exciting day. There you go. There's Historic day. Historic day, and uh, we'll see what happens tonight. And we will talk to you tomorrow. And uh, hopefully, you know what? Maybe, you know what, everybody? Mm-hmm. Maybe this can be the turning point. Maybe now we can all, since we've had a year to play make-believe and... <laughs> We get to we we rode in the streets and we've changed names of we've gotten rid of statues, including a lot of abolitionists, for because that makes a lot of sense in a world where indigenous people get treated badly because of um, of uh, climate change or because no, vice of versa because climate climate change happens because we treat okay. the indigenous people. That seems bad. like a a, a a math that uh, checks out. <laughs> Oh, we can just ask math teacher Paul Rossi from the Grace Church School how the math goes on that. Exactly. About to be joined in unemployment by the principal. Uh, You can find us on Twitter. In the meantime, that's at Burn Barrel Pod. We're also at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast and on Gab and Parlor at Burn Barrel Podcast. We have a YouTube channel where there's video versions of the podcast. You can like and comment and subscribe. You can also subscribe really wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, all those places. And uh, you can write us an email if you want to. It's burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, have you stopped yet? You still no, recording? I'm still recording. I like to get to the end of the music. Okay, well, stay stay right there. Also, <laughs> I want to have a little chat with you. Just you, me, and our friends in the audience right now, okay? Still record? You still okay, recording? I'm still recording. Okay. You know, we have an ongoing struggle in this household, Alice, to keep the house clean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes downstairs, I'll get down there, whatever time. We're both coming and going, different jobs, different times, whatever. I'll get down there, and there'll be four kids, each with his own box of um, of cereal. You know, one will have mm-hmm. sugar smacks, one will have <laughs> frosted flakes, one will have golden grams and <laughs> or as, count chocula. Or as, and to the point where sometimes mm-hmm. there's 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 ground cereal into the into the rug in layers, <laughs> so that if we a thousand years from now, they will come to the ruins of this place and they will say. Oh, we've just found this old ancient spoon. It comes from the um, Count Chocula era, apparently, because it was found in that particular layer. So we can carbon date it that way. But it's an ongoing struggle that we have here, Mm -hmm. Alice. And we we kick ourselves for not getting ahead of it a lot of times and falling behind Mm -hmm. in trying to keep our house uh, uh, so uh, clean enough and uncluttered enough so that uh, people can come into it. Right. Right. It, it, people who already, who we haven't already offended by our messiness. 
So then <laughs> you had a a uh, I had a wake up call. You had a wake up call morning. today, Allison. Please take us this through it. This morning at like five a.m., which is when I wake up and worry about things when I can't fall asleep again. Um, I was lying in bed and I hear Tom's CPAP machine. Which uh, is in the next room because our kids are so disruptive in the night that we've now had to split our forces and go in separate rooms so that it's yes. not seven, six people plus a dog all in one bed because we can't handle it. Right. Because so, if, there's two, if there's everybody in one bed because the kids will come into the bed, then I will wake up with severe scoliosis and <laughs> other aches and pains because I, the, I, I'm pushed off half off the side it's so horrific. anyway, so, so yes, Tom's in the next room with his CPAP. Yes, with my CPAP because I made good choices. One in life. kid in there, I think, and um, and it like sounds weird to me. Like it sounded like it was breathing too rapidly or something. Like it sounded mm-hmm. weird. So I was worried that Tom had died in the night. <laughs> <laughs> so I like come over to check, but my biggest huh, who knew it would be Monday. Huh. <laughs> So, but my biggest worry was that I wouldn't be able to call 911 right away to have, like, the funeral home come collect a body because I'd have to clean up (laughs) before they could come in and get the body. (laughs) Thank you, Alice. That's a sweet thought. Uh, So, listen, what I'll try to do, Alice, I'll try to toss myself out the window when I feel the final breath coming for you or you know what just close the door you know you can let the dogs pick over me a couple times if you need a week or two uh you know i'm not going anywhere when it happens well but i was like thinking like could i move the body myself (laughs) well i mean if you don't care about if you don't care about defiling the dead and obviously you don't You know, maybe you just don't have to tell anybody. Are you collecting any money when this happens? No. Just throw me in the burn barrel. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> that was my fear, was that I wouldn't be able to call 911 if you died, because I'd have to clean the house before we could have people come here. Yes, and that's why we're completely functional, <laughs> functional family. So if you have any ideas on how best to handle my passing uh, in this particular house... How to one either um, to either melt me down or shred me or whatever Maybe it takes. Maybe if the kids and I all work together, we could get the body down to the front door for them. So you know what? I'll, I'll really try to double down on losing some weight for you guys. I feel like that a, would help. Thank I you. I feel like a jerk. Or we can I can sleep in a sort of chute that we all you have to do is just release me, you uh-huh. know, and I'll just flop onto the front lawn. Well, there, it can is be gathered a window. There. there is a window in that room onto yeah. like the lower kitchen roof so we could kind of push you and roll you out that way. Yeah, that's true. Although you don't know the roof integrity either. You don't want to have to deal with that. So that's it. So we'll look for your input on that, please. Let us know how best, one, we can be better at cleaning. Uh, or two, is there an animal maybe that just cleans? That would be great. Well, there's like Roombas and stuff. Yeah, made for, from a very uh, reputable company, I've heard, Alice, mm-hmm. matter of um, But uh, let us know your tips, uh, comments, general comments on that <laughs> and whether or not I should be scared. How, long, <laughs> Alice, how come you went right from the realization that I might be dead, right past the mourning period, <laughs> right to the body disposal well, how can stage? I, how can 
I do you want to? How can I mourn effectively if I'm worried about not being able to even like handle the process? Well, the point is you're so stricken with sadness that you have no choice. Uh huh. Well, all right. I'll sleep outside from now on. All right, everybody. Thank you. See you later. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.